This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack, as I was doing that, yo, I was thinking about if they had not scored 15 runs yesterday how how angry the yo would have been. And as I was doing, I was like, you know what? This is even too much of a yo. Yeah. Because they lost two of three in Pittsburgh. And uh, I apologize. I, I overdid the yo. Normally, I feel pretty good about the level of my yo. This was not a good performance by me. I overdid it. And it's not fair to the situation. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, it seems like you kind of, you know, you want to be there, but you can't get there. You know? I was excited to right. talk to you, buddy. Yeah. That's really what it was. Because we, right? ex- we get excited to do this podcast, and then we start thinking about the current state of the baseball team. And it's not, <laughs> not as exciting, I would say, but whatever. It is what it is. We're here. Uh, you were in Pittsburgh. I blame. I w- yes, I was. At, that's fair to blame me, but I was actually going to say I'm going to uh, 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 put the most of the the goodness of that yo to how awesome the experience was at PNC Park, even despite the Phillies ruining it with a, a Pirates walk off. Go wow. ahead. Wow. So you're a big uh, big Pirates guy. You're going to start a Pirates podcast? Are you <laughs> Dude, moving? Are yo, you that, moving to Pittsburgh? Yo, yo, that park rocks. That park was so. Awesome. It has been, you know, obviously so many people go there say it's it's so great. It's so great. And I obviously should have been there by now. It's super close and it just hadn't happened. Yeah. And it's everything I hoped it would be. I mean, it's beautiful and it, it's in, it feels intimate. It feels smaller even than it is. And it's pretty small to begin with. And obviously the, the skyline, which you could see on TV too, is is that much better in person. It really is like a, a beautiful spot to watch a baseball game. And uh, it was awesome. And obviously met some awesome listeners out there too. Um, I was, I know a little I was so dr- jealous. I was so jealous. I, of know. Everyone you're I know. Shout out to everyone I met by Brett. I met Brett's daughter, Rosemary. She was awesome. Uh, I met Rob who was great. I met Seth, James, a bunch of other people. It was, a. Uh, it was really awesome, Jack. Yeah. A, a really, really cool experience. It seems like they all bought you free beers, which is a nightmare. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot of beer to be consumed. But, you know, you were yeah. on a bachelor party, so I get it, you know? I'm surprised I remembered as many names as I did just there because I'm usually really good with names. Like, if I meet someone, I'm pretty good at remembering their name, except when I'm drinking. Like, <laughs> then, then my that skill seems to just completely evaporate, so... I'm pretty proud of myself. I think that was a good job. If I forgot anyone's name I met, I'm so sorry. It was awesome meeting you. Yeah, and James and I, uh, before the show, uh, we talked about how if when they play in Pittsburgh again, like we need to do a high hopes trip yep. trip out to Pittsburgh. So um, we will work to make that happen next year. And yeah, like honestly, I just want to hang out with more high hopes people. Like I just want to find ways to to, to kind of hang out with everyone. So because um, every time we do, it's like oh these. These are our people, and they are great. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's it's awesome. So uh, I'm jealous. Better than the was, team. Better than the team. I was yeah. very jealous of you. I was very jealous of yeah. you. Cause, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. What were you saying? Nothing. I was just saying I'm jealous of you. I know. You texted me, like, multiple times during the game how jealous <laughs> you were. So you, you definitely let me know. And you kept asking, like, who'd you meet? How many people did yeah. you meet? I Like, you were so pumped about it. You were definitely living vicariously through me, yes. for sure. Yes, exactly. While I was uh, – while I was – 
working at the the brewery. I was living vicariously through James. So yeah. Yeah, I got it, buddy. I've been there. I've been there. Well, it was really awesome. Uh, like meeting everyone was the best part, but then the park being as cool as it was, we had great seats, and uh, you know, and when Bryce tied it, you know, it felt like okay, here we go. Like, but if I'm being honest with myself, Jack. Deep down, I knew that the Pirates were going to walk it off. I really did. Yeah, well, like, then, it just yeah. it just was going to happen. You saw Alvarado warming up. You're like, mm, that makes no sense. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, here we exactly. are again. And then, like, and then Girardi's decisions with Alvarado made no sense. And granted, if Alec Bohm makes a better throw home, they still could have gotten out of it. But like, you know, whatever. It was a very frustrating way to lose a baseball game, especially after, as usual, they give you that glimmer of hope by tying it, and then. And then, of course, they score 15 runs the next day with no home runs. And it's just like, where were all those hits the last two games? You got one hit by somebody you never heard of on Friday, Jack. Will Crow, did you know who Will Crow was before he took the hill and threw six one-hit innings against the Phillies on Friday? I will crow if I lie to you here. <laughs> we don't lie to the listeners. I did not know who that guy was. I actually did. I like stumbled upon a Pirates game a little, I don't know, like a month ago, and I definitely had heard of him before. Uh, but uh, to say I saw one hit ball uh, coming would be a <laughs> would be a lie. Uh, nothing really jumped out at me uh, watching him. So, I mean, like it's just, it's so it. They're so maddening. They're they're the most. They're the most inconsistent, consistent team ever. Like they just find ways to be a 500 ball club. And it's like, like Friday night happens and like they have, they're supposed to be momentum coming off the trade deadline and they go out and that was maybe the most dead I had ever seen them. Like it was, it was shocking how dead they were on Friday night. Like it was, how do you come out that dead when you did make some trades to, to, to boost the, the team? I don't know. Like, ah. It was it was maddening to, to lose two of three to that dog crap team. It's just it's just disgusting, and I'm already dreading this national series. I know. All right, well, that's the thing. We talk so much about the second half schedule and how it's like, oh, it's so easy. No, it's like it's not for this yeah. team. It's not not, <laughs> not for, for this, this ball club. Team. Nope. 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 <laughs> Oh man. Um, all right. Let, we'll get back to the pirate series. Let's let's jump chronologically and go back to what you just mentioned, the trade deadline and. You know, because, you know, we'll get back to the games, but that probably the biggest effect, a bigger effect on the rest of the season would happen Friday than what happened over the weekend. And obviously Kyle Gibson, you know, what you thought of his start. But let's start with just the trade itself. Obviously, we'll get to someone being back, Jack. But uh, <laughs> let's start with the big trade. Uh, I felt like, honestly, I was shocked how much, um, how many people were really upset that they traded Spencer Howard. I would have thought at least... You know, would have with how much we've watched him now and and the just weak sauce we've seen from him this year, that at least there'd be more people on board. But people were not happy with this trade, Jack. Yeah, I think this might be the this might be our first like real like disagreement on the on the podcast. This might be a monumental moment um, because I was like I was pissed. I mean, obviously Spencer Howard had lost a lot in favor for me. Like he drove me crazy, and I, I'm fully there. It's just. It feels like they went half in and they gave away a prospect who uh, two months ago was their number one in the system um, for a guy who was coming off a good half a season and a closer who was a journeyman, who was a minor league free agent that they could have just signed this offseason, whatever, that's notwithstanding, um, and a prospect in Hans Kraus who has some stuff, but it's kind of fallen out of favor. Like, it's just, 
I just feel like they could have done better. And if you're going to trade Spencer Howard, then I wanted them to go more in than just the Kyle Gibson, uh, Ian Kennedy, and, and I'm bringing back Freddie, who we'll get to in a second. But like, it just felt like a half-in measure. It felt like they just wanted to get Spencer Howard out of here. Um, and I would have I would have preferred a bigger package for – I would have pre- preferred to put together a better package and go and get a better pitcher. Like we we brought the John Means one like last week. I would have rather go after a guy like that, put more prospects in there to kind of get out from under it and 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 bring in a better pitcher. Like Kyle Gibson's fine, but they traded Spencer Howard for a four. It's like a ma- it's like a massive sell low. Um, they've given Vince Velasquez six years to try to figure it out. They gave Spencer Howard two months. Um, and it just the and the last thing that just didn't sit well with me was that uh, they get the money back and they get the four million dollars back just to stay under the luxury tax. And it felt like one of those moves where they had to give up a better prospect in Spencer Howard uh, to stay under the luxury tax. So that frustrated me. And um, like, I, it's just, it's fine. Like, I, and I think there's two, there's two things that are not mutually exclusive. Like I'm mad they trade Spencer Howard in this kind of deal, but I also, I think Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy will legitimately help this team. Like I'm, I'm glad they're here. I just, I didn't like how much they gave up for them. Yeah. All right. I think you definitely oversold how big a disagreement we're going to have on this. But I like cuz I actually agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, like the 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 4 million back, the the luxury tax thing like like hated it. Hated it. Just weak, weak. We're not really going all in. We're not, you know, and I get that, but just the trade itself I was fine with it. Like I agree. It's not an amazing trade, but you and I had different once going into this deadline. And I would have liked if they got someone who was younger, more cause control. Look, Kyle Gibson's 33 and this is his first like great season. He's gotten good actually in his thirties. He's been better than he was when he was younger, a big time prospect guy who kind of couldn't figure it out and has been pretty good the last few years. But this year is obviously an anomaly when you look at his career stats. So you're getting a guy whose breakout seasons at 33 is never, you know, an awesome deal, but he's, it's a really fair contract and you have him for next year. I like the idea that they didn't just get a half a year out of somebody right. for Spencer Howard. So I, I do like that part of it. And also like for me, the bigger part is, and I agree they sold low on Spencer Howard. I'm not going to argue with that part too, but I think it is what it is. Like, I think they sold low on Spencer Howard because he is what he is. And Yes, could it be wrong? And he gets in Texas's organization where they are very smart. John Daniels knows what he's doing, and they have done a good job, had a, a decent track record with guys. You know, we've talked before about some of those guys, but you know, I, I think there's certainly a chance they could do it. But from what I've seen from Spencer Howard, and I know they jerked him around a bit here, I just I have not been impressed in terms of a starting pitcher in major league baseball, could he be a good reliever? If he can learn to do dirty innings. Sure. Like I could see that, but I just don't think he has the, like, you know, I'm trying to think of like the right word, like gumption, toughness, whatever to, to be a a real good starter in major league baseball and to power through stuff and, and to, you know, fight. And, and I could be wrong. Like you said, they didn't give him the longest, biggest chance compared to Vince. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> I can't even like, I, again, not defending that, obviously. So, you know, we're not totally arguing, but I'm just, you know, what I've seen with Spencer Howard, I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's going to be a good starter. So I think Kyle Gibson and Kennedy helped this team in a horrible division where for some reason you actually still have a chance to win the division, which does matter. 
and you did it without really giving up anything that, at least in my opinion, obviously if I'm I'm really out on Spencer Howard, hurts you in the long run. But what annoys me, James, is that they like does this happen if they just leave him in AAA and let him just stay there for the year to build up his strength? Like, or or is this a knee jerk reaction because they sent him down in the in the effort to to stretch him out and then rush him right back up here when Eflin got hurt? Like, if you're gonna send him down, then just send him down and let him stay there. Like, why why are you rushing? Like, I, I just don't think they had to rush to trade Spencer Howard, especially for this kind of pitcher. Like, what could they have gotten for Spencer Howard in the offseason? They could have gotten a, a, a King's ransom. I mean, he's a controllable pitcher that was a top thirty prospect at that point. Um, and then in in three months of a season, he's completely done, and you're moving on like that fast. So like, I just think that they they completely crushed his market, and it's just it, it, it like if you're gonna send him down, and you, your goal is to stretch him out, then just let him stretch him out. And if it hurts your major league team, so be it. But shouldn't their goal be to maximize Spencer Howard? It feels like they just gave him away for a 33-year-old, you know, starter that's pretty good but not great, and will eat innings like awesome and whatever like. You could have explored this offseason, and he probably has a little bit more value than what you have here. And again, it just feels like one of those moves where they gave us Spencer Howard because they wanted to stay under the luxury tax, and they got the $4 million back. And and, and they gave up a better prospect than they had to. So that's just, you know, whatever. Well, I think, yes. I think if they had gone over the luxury tax, they probably could have maybe gotten away with, you know, less than the deal. Maybe you don't have to give up Gaddy. I don't know if you do it without Howard. I don't know if the deal happens. But... Look, I get it, and everything you said is fair, and I definitely don't think the organization has handled him well, but if the organization believes, and you know they're the ones who have had him in their system, and again, this is a guy who was a reliever and converted to a starter and has never really pitched deep into games, even in his entire career. You know, there's a you know, a few six innings, a, a seven inning, maybe once or twice type of thing, but like has never been someone in the minor leagues who has been able to really pitch deep into games and last deep into games. And yes, I know he's a top prospect, but I mean, come on, how many top prospects don't end up being effective major league baseball players? I mean, the list of Philly's top prospects we could talk about is, you know, well. infinite. So, so, you know, like I, I get it, but at the same time, if they organizationally believe that, Nothing that he's going to do forward is going to re-increase that value. And you missed your window. Like, I agree with you. You know, now that he is traded, I wish they had traded him when he had way more value. Like, no doubt, concur. But where they are, if they don't think he's going to increase his value, at least markedly, and the value of, A, going for the division now, also to the point you made this whole time, that's the only trade they made, and that's the only signal Dave Dombrowski sent to his team, to the guys in that locker room, that he's on their side, he's trying to win and all that. Like, that value of it, too, that you keep talking about, or had talked about into the deadline, and I know it's not totally, but they also didn't do their part by winning enough games to really put the pressure on. You know, I think Dombrowski, while it's not perfect, is really going for a division that you could potentially win. Also telling his clubhouse that even though you guys haven't run away or or really put the pressure on, I'm still going to add to this team. And and that ultimately, we don't believe in Spencer Howard long term. Yeah, that's clear. I mean, they clearly don't uh, believe in him long term. And, and I, I get it. It's just... You know, if you're going to trade your again, he was your number one prospect three months ago. If you're going to trade I him in a, in a deal for a for a 33 year old guy with another year of control, that's fine. But I, I would have rather I two things. I would have rather put more in and gone and get a better pitcher. Or if you want to make that deal, that's fine. But don't let your other move just be Freddie Galvis. 
you know, if you're going to go in and give up that level of talent, then do more than just that trade. Like, I, it, actually go in. Actually use some prospects and get some more players in here because it's not like there are Kyle Gibson, Ian Kennedy, and, and Freddie Galvis away from being a, you know, a, a locked division winner. So, um, yeah, it's it was it's interesting. And um, I, I just wouldn't be surprised given Texas's track record. You know, Lance Lynn went down there, turned into a great starter. Mike Miner went down there, turned into a good starter. Uh, Cole Hamels, obviously, back in the day. Uh, Kyle Gibson, obviously, now. I wouldn't be surprised if they got more out of Spencer Howard than, than, than the Phillies did. Yeah, it, look, it's certainly possible. I don't disagree with it. Uh, and I, I think it certainly could prove to be the wrong decision. I just, the way, if I think if you're out on Spencer Howard as a, a long-term starting pitcher, then I understand the move. And, and I agree with you in general. Uh, certainly, look, they missed their window. And, you know, if they had traded him before, you could have gotten a lot more for him. And that's an organizational mistake that they have to live with, but it's also a sunk cost at that point. If they don't believe that he's going to be more valuable or, or increase his value in a substantial way moving forward. And again, look, I don't, when you see like the other trades that happen uh, in the market, like I, I think that Dabrowski also realized that he didn't have the process. Look, I, if I will not defend them for not just taking on money in all trades, like add money, wherever, like, Anywhere you can get a player who's going to help your team by essentially just taking on money and paying off a contract, boom, do it. Like, I don't disagree with that philosophically, but the the prospect hall, the the fact that that they asked for Mick Abel for Craig Kimbrell, like, yeah. and the fact that they got Madrigal for Kimbrell. Yeah. I mean, like, it was a, the market seemed to be tough for a team in the Phillies position in terms of prospect value. So... I think when the the way the market played out was also, you know, this disadvantageous and they look, the Mets, I mean, I'd rather have made a, a trade for Javi Baez than the trade the Phillies made just cuz Javi Baez is a, you know, better uh, player and asset for the team, but you know, it's not like the Mets went nuts at the deadline either. So, I, I don't know. I I again, I don't it's not my favorite trade ever. I'm not saying it's it's a home run, but it makes him better, and uh, I don't, I don't feel that bad about losing Spencer. What a deadline, though. I mean, talk about, I a, know, talk about a way I, maybe to save like the... one of the craziest ever, right? I mean, think about all the names that went. I know. There's Bryant ten. There was ten all stars. Oh my god! Yeah, ten all stars. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Scherzer and Turner. I mean, it's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I mean, Scherzer and Turner. That trade. I mean, when we did the pod last time, we were talking about the Padres getting Scherzer. We're like, Preller, you asshole. Yeah. And then, and then, boom! Like as soon as we're done recording, it's like, hey, the Dodgers are going to get Scherzer and Turner. <laughs> yeah, must be nice. <laughs> must be nice. Must Andrew be nice. Andrew Friedman, buddy. Andrew. Friedman. I know. Jeez. And, well, at least this year, maybe they can win a uh, a legitimate title. Yeah, not, because, a, not a Mickey you know, Mouse title. Last year's sham is is certainly. Yeah, but legitimate. I know you say that, but you felt like the playoffs were pretty close to real, right? I mean, like it turned out that it, it was Dodgers. Fun runs. watching it, but I don't like the baseball's a marathon. A sixty game season is is a sham. Yeah, like it it's Dodgers just not a real race, season. Though. It was Dodgers. I said race. it the whole time. But it's Dodgers Rays. Like two, yeah, I know the best, the best teams. teams got there. I, right. I don't think that, you know, I'm not saying they weren't the best team. I'm not saying they didn't deserve to win the 2020 World Series, the 2020 title. I just look at the 2020 title as a lesser title than all the other titles. That's it. I felt like it was pretty. I felt it was more real uh, than the bubble. You loved it. I did love it. It was better than the bubble. 
Yeah. The, 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 you know, I, I liked it better than I liked the, 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 the NBA finals in the, in the bubble or whatever. But yeah, it, look, it was fun to watch. I'm not, I'm not, I'm certainly not ripping that. Um, all right. Uh, let's, let's get to the, the main event. What happened? Let's, let's get to the main event here, Jack. Let's get to the main event. You of yes. all people, who do you think I thought of first when I saw coming across my Twitter? The Phillies have reacquired Freddie Galvis. Jack, this is is this a nightmare? Is this a waking nightmare? Is this in uh you're you're at peace with it? Where where do you stand on on Freddie being back? Freddie once said to be a better defensive shortstop than Andrelton Simmons, if you can believe it. Yeah. The Freddie hype got out of control. Yes. Uh all I have to say is that it's very flyers of the Phillies uh, to, to make this kind of move. But I like it. I wanted, Oh, no! I wanted them to re-sign. Whoa! I wanted, yo, yo, hold I on. Know. Hold I on. I know. All the Freddy jokes. I know. All the Freddy the, the, if we uh, If we could do like a super cut of it, it would be hours of Freddy jokes. Yes, and the jokes about Pete McCannon uh, committing to the bit of batting him in the two-hole for a entire season, which drove me, you know, crazy. Um, really? All right, so, so explain to me. Why do you like the move? So I like Freddie from the standpoint. So I wanted them to trade for Miguel Rojas in a similar way because I think that Freddie is also that kind of leader, a guy that players gravitate towards. Like, he's a he's a good dude. He actually likes playing baseball. He's a lot of energy. And, you know, I'm a sucker for a good story, James. And Franzen uh, and Fransky uh, told a story yesterday on the air where they were talking to Freddie down the dugout, and he's like, I got a chance to put on the Phillies cap again. And I didn't know. And I was like, pinch me. And I was like, you know what, Freddie? I do really you like feels. it. Uh, you I was the like, feels. Well, so, like, dude, a, Will, a guy who played here during the worst era of Phillies baseball in my life was like, you know what? I love this team. I want to be back. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and for that, I give him major props. So, yeah, so I, I like it. All right, so I like it from a couple standpoints. One, um, it gives them legit defensive versatility. He's better than yes. than Torres. And um, if DD struggles, continues to struggle. Although yesterday was a good start. You know, he did hit the ball hard in three at bats or whatever uh, most of the day. So, um, you know, if, if Didi continues to struggle, you can put Freddie there. Uh, if Segura gets banged up, you can put Freddie there. Uh, Boehm, if, if you want to make a late-inning defensive replacement, you can put Freddie at short and or put Freddie wherever and have someone play third base. Um, and in the late innings, if you want to get really crazy, you could put, have an infield of... Um, yeah, Freddie and Torres, yeah, dude. Yeah, let's get that, yeah, I mean, let's go. Right. Defense... Uh, Let's go. Well, I've always said defense and baseball wins championships. Wins and, championships. And if you want to get really crazy. Kyle Gibson's a big time ground ball pitcher. That. But if you want to get really crazy, I wonder if they give him a look in center field and see if he can do that. You know, ooh, given that 37 ooh, hasn't gotten ooh. a hit in two months. Um, but. God, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> well, I just hate. I hate his. The way he just plays baseball well, the about, lackadaisical the like bat flips on a pop out like i love bat flips i love them but like you gotta know you 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 did it i almost cursed there. i was like you, you gotta know you bleeping like rocked yeah, it like right. it's gotta be gone to bat flip like not any of this like bat flip up to the warning track no 
not okay. Well, and then okay. Friday was just infuriating when oh. when Crow gets walks two guys in the inning, um, has bases loaded, one out, and he's just hacking first pitch. It's like in the dirt. It's like there it is. There, that's that's your guy. That's the guy that's been defended for no reason. Um, but yeah, so. I just like it from the standpoint of, of a leadership of a guy who loves to be here, loves playing the game, uh, defensive versatility can hit a Homer. Um, and overall it's just a, is a, is a good Philly. And I am glad Freddie's back. I just looked it up. He has played one game in center field. So oh. let's, let's hope he can pick it up. I was hoping to say like, he's played a hundred games in center field. Can you believe it? Wow. Yeah. He hasn't. No, he hasn't. Um, no, so let's hope he. But but Freddie's a, a natural. Again, when you're as great a shortstop as Freddie, you can pretty much do anything out there. Yeah, Gold Glover. Um, gold Glover. Gold Glove. Gold Glove. But um, I'm with you, dude. I like the move too. I I I, I obviously I think it's a. Uh, you have the potential to have a, a relatively light hitting bench with him and Treas on the roster. But I, I really do like those guys, and I think that for this particular team, like what you talked about with with. Freddie is also true of Torres. Like that's a dude who just looks really happy to be out there playing baseball and really psyched whenever he does something good. And like, you know, he's a, a great, you know, fundamentals type defensive, you know, uh, uh, whether he's playing short or third. Um, and, you know, guys like that, this team, as we've talked about so much, lacks leadership, lacks winning attitude all the time lacks to to the point we've many uh, talked about many times you know energy especially on the road at friday night you know and guys like that you can bring in who who love to go out there every day and who bring that energy every day and who are always just excited to play baseball i do think can be infectious and i think it can really help so i think that's a great point you made to bring that up and and obviously defensively just you know he's a he's a, a wizard still a Really good defensive player. You know, we joke. Uh, he's obviously not Andrelton Simmons, obviously, but he is he's a really good defensive shortstop well, and, and again can play all around the diamond. When I was at my peak of of the whole Freddie annoying, you know, the over the over selling of Freddie Galvis as a Philly, um, the thing that always drove like I I <laughs> I didn't realize how awful it is watching baseball when your shortstop can't make a simple play. Because I guess I, because we went straight from Jimmy to Freddie Gallo. It's like my entire life, my entire life, shortstop has been like a vacuum and they can make every play and make every routine play look normal. And then when they left, it was like, this is actually awful. So that was one thing I definitely undersold with Freddie uh, being here um, is that he just makes the normal shortstop plays that I've grown accustomed to seeing my entire life. Um, so I will take that back for sure. And like, there's just no downside to it. Like he's, he loves being here. He loves being a Philly. He plays good defense, whatever. It's, it's, it's perfectly fine. He's, he is, I am, I am glad Freddie's here and looking back, I wish they'd signed him in the off season. Yeah, dude, totally. Um, I'm with you on it. Um, all right. Uh, one other thing to talk about with the deadline, like kind of a, a corresponding move to the deadline. And we've definitely texted about this and, we will not be arguing about this one. We are both on the same side of this one. Uh, he's going to be pitching. At, like you're going to, when people are listening to this podcast, he's going to be pitching if you listen right away, and you'll have already seen him pitch. If you don't, but Ranger to the rotation, man. Thoughts? 
just when he is comfortable in a spot and thriving in a spot <laughs> and he's a two pitch pitcher and he's has a like if you just if you just closed your eyes and look at the looked at the numbers and didn't see who was throwing or, or who it was and like the Phillies traded for that guy you'd be freaking out you'd think World Series and they said you know what we're gonna make him a starter and I know that <laughs> <laughs> I know that he's been a starter as he's been groomed as a starter and all that but like. He's not a very good starter. Like I don't know what they're, <laughs> like, I don't know what they're expecting. He's he does not he doesn't throw ninety four as a starter. He throws ninety one as a starter, and and he became a good two pitch pitcher with his fastball playing off his or his changeup playing off his fastball. He almost he ditched the slider pretty much completely. Well, the slider's back, and it's just, I mean, I again, I understand the situation that they're in. They need innings. They need quality innings. They. You know, a, a starter is more valuable than a closer, and they trade for Ian Kennedy, even though they didn't use him on Saturday night. And thank God they gave him an inning down, up fifteen to two. Oh yeah, and they let buddy. him throw twenty five pitches. Yeah, was, awesome. How Phillies was that? Oh, how it's Phillies great. Was that? Oh, I can't wait till the save situation tonight. We can't go to Ian Kennedy. Um, yeah, whatever. Oh, he was on a plane. Yeah. He got in late or whatever on Saturday. I'm sure. No, I'm, I'm oh, I'm I'm just you're joking. You're joking. Sure Sorry. that's Girardi. Yeah. 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 He uh, just got traded. His mental headspace isn't in the right spot. Even yet. though he's, he's warming up. Slide. Yes. Even though he's warming yeah, I up. I need to throw him in, in a, a even though he's a closer, I need to throw him in, in a thirteen run game to just get his feet wet with the Phillies. Yeah, he hasn't been a Philly before. The thirty six six he's been on like six teams or eight teams, whatever yeah. it is. The thirty six year old that's been pitching for uh, over a decade in major league baseball. The freaking Yankees for forever. Like what are we doing here? Come yeah. on, this guy can handle it. Let's bring him in on Saturday. Ah, oh, that was that was ridiculous. That yeah. was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> all right. That's Incredible. out of the system. But <laughs> all right, back to Ranger. Ranger, back to Ranger. Like they're they're in a tough situation because I they do need guys that can give them quality innings and Ranger, I guess is a starter is more valuable than they, if they put him in the in the rotating uh role like the 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 kind of fireman guy which is which is fine it's just i really liked him as a bullpen guy I liked him more as a bullpen guy I liked him more as a guy that would step in and and wouldn't be afraid of a moment and get get the team out of tough jams and limit damage so i i just liked him more in that role and i didn't think he was a very good starter um and really the other thing the other thing that is just becoming more and more apparent is like bailey falter really screwed up a lot of their plans like big time like bailey falter not being on a start for the last 2 weeks like you could easily have inserted him in there and and I don't know how great he would have been. I mean, he did have a .74 ERA in AAA so far this year, but um, you could easily put him in there, and then you wouldn't have to move Ranger around, and now he's got to go all the way back through the process to get back up here, and it's like, oh, jeez. If only there was a way to avoid this. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just it's – just, uh, it, it, it's these moves for the Phillies just haven't worked, and the frustrating part for me – Wow, TJ McConnell got thirty-five million. That's crazy. Um, Whoa, that's crazy. Uh, you he, sure he? Do you, are he you resigned. Sure he, he, he resigned, resigned with the Pacers. He did not. He did not resign from the Pacers. There's your Nance joke. You can't use one later. Use your one that time. Um, <laughs> done with it. I was just <laughs> as it, unless it happened, you know. Yep. Um, but but it just feels like these things just don't work out for the Phillies. Uh, I hope it works out because obviously I want the best for the Phillies. But I just don't like moving a guy that was doing so well in the bullpen that I trust in the bullpen because they don't have many of those guys either um, back into a starting rotation just to get three innings out of them. Yeah, I, I, we've texted about it, and I, I couldn't agree more. I felt the exact same way when I heard it. Look, he's been so valuable in the bullpen for you. Like, And now with Kennedy here, you have the opportunity to use him 
whenever the game is on the line, like in so many spots, and he has shown that he can come into any sort of inning. I mean, I feel like half the time he's coming to games this year, it's been like bases loaded, no outs, uh, two on, no out, bases loaded, one out. Like, I feel like he always comes in in these situations, and that's why we keep talking about like ice in his veins. He's got ice in his veins because every time he comes in, he's got this like tough situation to deal with or a one run lead or whatever it is. And he just, he keeps crushing and he's been so, you know, lights out in that spot for you. And, and I totally get in a macro sense, like, yes, a starting pitcher is more valuable than a reliever. We get it. I, I know we all know, but at the same time, like what this specific reliever has been for you and what he offers you in that bullpen I think is something that you don't have otherwise. And and maybe it could be Bailey Falter if he comes back and he could be that type of guy for them where you can come in and give him a couple innings when they need it or can be in high leverage spots, but he certainly hasn't proven that he could do that. So, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm so with you. I get it. Starting pitchers are more valuable, but he's like locked in in well, this also, role. Now he's got to stretch back out too. Well, and also don't you want to put your players in position to succeed? Like he was, he was yes. succeeding in that role. He has not succeeded as a starter. And and it's just now we're all of a sudden he's got to jump back out to trying to pitch deeper into games. He's got to get more in his arsenal, you know, put the slider back in there. It's just I just would have rather have stuck with where he was and, and, and like uh, also what happens if Falter comes back or or what happens if they do sign Hamels and or like are you just gonna put Ranger back in the rotation? It's just they're or back in the bullpen. Like it's just it's just a lot of moving parts that I don't think they necessarily had to do. Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I I look and I hope it works out, and I hope that maybe Ranger is just a, a different pitcher now, and he and he is able to, you know, there's more deception there and whatever it is, and, and he's learned how to mix his speeds better and and whatever it is that can make him successful in the starting role too. But you know, look, he hasn't had to go through the lineup second and third time through and all that kind of stuff. That's going to be new for him this year too. And obviously that's, as we know, a, uh, a hurdle for, for a lot of starters. And again, look like every reliever on some level is a failed starter. All of them ever. Like they, so a lot of them just fail at starting before they get to the majors and a lot don't too. So, um, obviously, you know, so I, I, I just don't get it. I think Ranger Suarez is a reliever. That's what I think he is. And, certainly what I know this season is he has been an elite reliever for the Philadelphia Phillies. So I'm with you. It's, I, it's a, it's a head scratcher to me. I would have figured out another way to piece together. Or I would have, you know what made, made it. I know the Tyler Anderson trade fell through, find another deal like that. Find something where you can take a shot on someone who can eat innings for you and be look Ty, Ranger. We'll be lucky if Rangers Tyler Anderson in this situation, right? I mean, if he can come in and give you six innings, three runs, six innings, four runs, like, you know, whatever on a consistent basis that, you know, you'd take that. And that's, I don't know, it just feels like shooting low for what was, you know, before a real strength that the role he was in. But, well, um, well, maybe if the Phillies get lucky, they'll move him around so much between starting and relieving that they'll ship him off for a 33-year-old with one year left on his deal. <laughs> All right, that was pretty good. Thank you. All right, uh, anything else from the weekend? Um, and obviously, that the, we'll get to take back after. But any other observations from the weekend that you wanted to mention? Uh, well, I did want to talk about Kyle Gibson's first start because I, yes, I did. Yes, uh, perfect. Like yes. it's it's so funny because I was sitting there, I was I was literally sitting there, and I was watching him, and I was like, "That's what a major league starter looks like. Just like a hey. a perfectly fine major league starter that won't kill you." And should give you six and three runs or less 
night in, night out. Like, he, he, Kyle Gibson was literally exactly what I expected, which I guess is a good thing, but also, I mean. Uh, it's a great thing with this team, it is, Jack. It I is. mean, we come on. We can't expect much more. We can't expect much more than that. I mean, so. look, it is. I mean, he was an all-star this season. You know, maybe you can expect some some higher-end starts here and there, right. a two-four-six area on the season. But I know had been really struggling before before he came here. Uh, you know, like his last few starts. But I, 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 I'm with you. Like that's the that's how low the bar is here. The bar is it, we can we we can step over the bar. It is so low, Jack. That, yeah. That's where it's at. You know, you, we we would trip over it. It's so low. So, uh, you know, uh, six innings, two runs. Yes, please, man. And he went six and two thirds, Jack. How about that? Yep. His uh, previous high was 95 on the year. And Joe said, guess what, pal? You're going 116 your first start. <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, actually, I think his, his average was and And like at that point, like an eight-run game or a nine-run game, whatever it was, it's like, bro. What are we doing here? Well, he had to get Ian Kennedy some work. So there was no reason to bring him back out for the seventh inning, none whatsoever. And there was certainly no reason to bring Ian Kennedy into that game. Yeah. Zero, especially because you're playing again tonight. Like, what are we doing? You know, like, what are we doing? You're not off until next Monday. You got a week full of games here with the freaking Mets coming at the end of the week. So, like, I don't know. Don't just throw Ian Kennedy out there in a 15 to 2 game. Yeah. It's annoying. You're annoying, Joe. <laughs> um, but Kyle Gibson. I, I like the stuff. It, obviously, you know, the Phillies defense is going to it's going to definitely be worked in Kyle Gibson starts um, like and and to their credit. I mean, Didi looked really good yesterday. Uh, probably Didi's best game of the year, both defensively and offensively. And like uh, Didi has been infuriating this year. But man, if they can get him going, it would make this whole thing look a lot easier. So um, it was good. It was good. And honestly, like. If I'm Zach Eflin, I'm studying Kyle Gibson tape because they have very similar arsenals. Uh, do you say? I mean, I like that. They're like the same pitcher. Like they're like the yeah. same pitcher. Him and really? him and Eflin. So I, I hope he's watching this next year and, and a half. Kind of like help each other out a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, it'd be great. And Kyle Gibson is is widely regarded as like an unbelievable dude. Like I think he's a. That's two- what I was gonna say. I heard uh, they were talking about on the radio. Yeah. Uh, two time yeah, Clemente it, winner. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he's like a a wonderful guy. Yeah. So that's good. I always want to add those kind of guys to uh, the clubhouse, but. Uh, and I, I just thinking more and more like uh, the rotation next year is a chance to be really good. I mean, if you're if your first four of those guys, if Eflin can kind of bounce back here and whatnot, finding a fifth starter to round out round out that rotation should not be that hard. Um, whether it's Ranger, like if Ranger steps up here and kind of you know fills the role, or Bailey Falter he comes back, or I mean, there's a, there's a lot of free agents this year. That well, would... yeah, that's where I was gonna go, buddy. I was gonna say, look, you didn't go over the tax now, so you're not doing it this year, like go over the tax next year. Like that's what they have to do the situation they're in. Right. I mean, like just go over the tax and sign some guys and, and bolster this. Well, it does help that, you know, McCutcheon's coming off the books and, and Bradley probably and, and whatnot. So they will have some money, um, freed up. Yes. Spend more. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so real quick on Ian Kennedy, I know he let up the home run and I know it was 15 to two, but I did like that. He just came in and threw strikes. It was, you know, another like, wow, that's how this works. So, um, yeah, his fastball seems to still have some giddy up to it. Uh, I like that. He seems like a, he he literally seems like a middleman's uh, Kimbrel, like the way his his fastball jumps, uh, which it seems like he's kind of figured out in the last couple of years. So I definitely like him. I would have liked him on Saturday more than uh, in a fifteen to two game, but yes, um, I 
I was like Bryce on Friday was infuriating. Like it's so funny with looking at, at Bryce's season. Cause obviously the, the numbers are great. The counting stats are great, but he's just doing more dumb baseball things that are starting to become irritating. Like, I'm glad that he's hitting. Cause honestly, they obviously paid him the money to, to hit and not, <laughs> and not field. Um, but I just thought, I thought Friday night was like ridiculous. Like you, you have to be better than that. You, you are, you are super talented, super athletic, like you just have to be better than that. You're a major league right fielder, and then to get picked off on Sunday, it's like, have you played like have you played baseball before? Like seriously, have you played baseball before? Like, like just what are you trying to do there? Like you don't have to be so aggressive. You'll get there with your natural speed. Like uh, whatever. It was, it was. It, it's just it's it's a the, the Bryce conversation is just it's fascinating because we are getting a throwback Bryce season offensively. I mean, 300, 400, 500 right now, but he's doing stuff not hitting that are hurting the team on an, uh, like every night. Yeah. It's like a bizarro price season compared to what we've seen from him before where, you know, he's definitely hitting the best he has, but no power. I mean, not no power, excuse me, but like not the the type of power you would expect with his, you know, the, the, where the slugging percentage at all those numbers you would expect a higher home run total. He's stealing a bunch of bases, but he's not playing good defense and and like you said i feel like there are just games where it just feels like he's checked out like where you could tell that he's like all right he's checked out of this game and also like yes the the hitting in the face um obviously uh, changed the the direction of his season but also has had that baggage use and pulled himself out in some spots and the dehydration in game two right after the also break like I didn't think that was awesome like you know so i do think that it you're right it's a very weird Bryce season in the sense that I think he's hitting the ball better than he ever has since he's been in Philadelphia, but he's also not doing all the stuff that we were giving him credit for, or at least to the same level, all the stuff that we were giving him credit for the last couple seasons. Yeah. And honestly, I, I think the, I think the reason why it doesn't feel like we're like, Oh my God, Bryce kind of season is if you look at the late and close numbers on um, baseball reference, which is seventh inning on your either up one tie game or down one, or maybe like there's a runner on, or there's a the the tying runs on deck. Everyone knows what late and close situations are. Whatever. Like he's batting two twenty two. <laughs> like he's batting two twenty two with one homer and like a three thirty three yeah. slugging percentage. Like it just it doesn't feel like he had a big hit Saturday, which is great. But it feels like in the big moments he 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 hasn't totally stepped up. Um. So it's just it's just a. And again, I'm not ripping Bryce or whatever. It's just it's just an interesting season. From the standpoint of he's doing the things we sign him at the plate, at the plate, but everything else feels like it's taking a step back. Like his defense in his first year here was it was it was great, and every night it's like wow, the, those people were so wrong about Bryce's defense. And I feel like this year it's you know Friday night, uh, Thursday, it just feels like once or maybe twice a week he's kind of making one of those plays where it's like come on man, like <laughs> you've been in Major League Baseball for too long to to make that kind of mistake. So. It's just it's just an interesting Bryce year. I'm I uh, it's the the offense has been great, but you know, part of being that guy is is doing everything else, and I I don't, I don't want to just be a one dimensional player. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. Well, I couldn't agree more. Um, all right, anything in the uh, take bag? Uh, I thought no, I think Noah's legitimately back. I really do. I think this is Ooh, the, the the best I thought about. Buddy, him. yeah, it looks like his legs are back underneath wow. him. Yeah, I know. Well, they need it. I mean. They need it. The curveball has really good depth to it right now. Uh, some ugly, ugly swings on Saturday. And 
like maybe I'm doing this for my own sanity, but like he was always he's all he's just too good to be how bad he was. And it just I was get I was honestly getting mad at Aaron Nola. I think of all the players that have frustrated me, frustrated me this year, like Nola was the guy that was catching the brunt of it for me because it was just like, dude, you're so much better than this. And like you still throw a 94. Like it, it's not like the stuff was all of a sudden down. It just came down to literally having good command of one pitch and then everything else would work. So um, I, I it seems like he, he did a bullpen, I think, to, uh, a week ago. Um and I think he spent all of it just working on hitting the outside corner with his fastball, and it, two straight starts have been really good. So um, I think he's way closer to being back than not. Yeah, look, I mean, in that case, I think I saw you tweet this, or maybe it was someone else. I'm sure multiple people did, but the best trade line trade deadline addition the Phillies could make is a is a is Aranola. Like you know, it's Aranola being Aranola, the Aranola we expected. To get, like, you're not going to find a better pitcher on the market compared to what Nola has given them already through the first half of the season. So, I mean, that's huge. If you can, you know, have some consistency and bring it every fifth day, I mean, it's it's massive for this team. Massive. Yeah. Um, Andrew McCutcheon being hurt stinks. Uh, he was playing unbelievable. You hope it doesn't linger. You hope he can kind of bounce back. But he's out for the next 10 days and I'm, uh, you know, I'm not really sure what they're going to do. I guess it's going to be a lot of Jankowski in center, a doable and left or however they want to do it. But you know, they it's it, Kutch was their best, second best, maybe third best hitter. I would say for the last month and a half and losing him is, is, is bad. Yeah. That that's really bad, especially for an offense that, that, you know, has been better, but certainly has been inconsistent and, you know, Reese Hoskins still, banged up too with the groin thing we didn't see him at all this weekend in uh in pittsburgh so that's another guy who they're already missing um so yeah you know not ideal and, and i was at the game on saturday with mccutcheon and that was it was awesome to see mccutcheon get the the you know awesome reception in pittsburgh and that was a really cool thing and well deserved and it was you know he left the game and when you're at the game you don't you know kind of notice those things because you're not watching the broadcast and you know you don't really know what's going on but you know, you, you realize that he's been replaced. And you're like, what's going on here? It's like the sixth inning or whatever. And um, yeah, that's that's a bummer. They need him back quick, you know, as quick as he can at the, the end of that, you know, 10 days. That's it. And uh, he's been incredibly important. Right. So uh, hopefully he can kind of just come back and, and everything's, you know, ho- be back to the cutch that we had seen. It It's not on the same knee that he tore, right? I think it's the other knee. Uh, I believe it's the other knee. Yeah, correct. I think it's the other knee, which is, you know, that's it it sucks Good. to lose them, but it's, at least it's not that knee. Yep. Um really hate to see the Mets not being able to sign Kumar Rocker. Uh truly, truly hate to see that. Um, so that was the one thing I had at the end of, uh, so that I was it was gonna be my final thought, but like it's amazing. Like the Mets. And I hate this system. And may, you know, we could talk about that another time, but like the idea, and I understand why. You know, he could just, you know, not sign. And then, you know, this this player has to wait around a year, but the Mets get a, a comp pick. I, I don't know how that's completely fair from a, a you know one versus the other perspective, but it's great to see him not go to the Mets. I'll tell you that much, Jack. Yeah, it is. Um, and I, I don't even think they, make it, they made him an offer. So why would you draft him? It's just embarrassing, honestly. And then because especially because you look like a fool, like why not just take someone under slot who you're going to sign, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but uh, it's, uh, look, th- that's the best argument you can make 
for the Phillies winning the division this year is the Mets. Yes. And they the- are still the Mets, man. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if the uh, the banged up Braves who are hanging in it ended up just pulling ahead at the end just because they're not the Phillies and the Mets. Neither would I. Like, it, <laughs> it, neither would I. That that crap team's going to win the division. Whatever. Um, Some signs that, you know, Bohm's been hitting better, I would say, for about a month and a half now. Um. It's weird because it's like the average is, is higher, but he's still not hitting the ball at the ballpark, still not driving it. But 26th in all of baseball in hard hit percentage, which means he is still squaring the ball up. You look at the players around him on that list, they're all really good hitters. And I just think that he's going to figure it out. You know, I think he's going to figure it out. I think he's going to figure out how to lift. He definitely can't stay at third base, but um, I just I, I, I think the bat's going to come. I think he's going to be fine. It's like his first full season in the big leagues. The fact that he's still hitting the ball really hard, squaring it up consistently, um, tells me a lot about his future. Yeah, I uh, he's certainly looked better. He obviously the numbers have have been there. If you look at his numbers since June first, they've been significantly better than prior. So um, he's been good. He's just like you said, not hitting the ball out of the park and not really lifting the ball. But but he's making contact, hard contact. He's getting on base a lot more than he was before. So yeah, he's just a horrendous, horrendous third baseman. Just like a not not a good third baseman. But I, I'm happy they didn't trade him. I, I said on the pod going in, I didn't want them to trade him. I'm very happy they didn't trade him. I, I you know that that's where I'm at. Yeah. So it, it's good to see. It's good to see. Uh, and my final, well, no, uh, one quick thing. Jalen Ortiz in Reading is going to be a show. He went three for four in his second game, uh, with a dinger. I, do you I, feel bad that you traded him away in your perfect trade deadline? Yeah. Now? Looking back on it, I might've, might've jumped the gun there. Cause I actually watched a, it. A little rash. Yeah. Listen, I'm not proud of it. I, yeah, I'm not proud of trading Jalen Ortiz. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you know, who didn't trade Jalen Ortiz. You. You, but but you also had no prospects in any of your deals, so we have no idea <laughs> who you would have traded. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty damn good comeback. Yeah. I don't really have any response. Carry yeah, on. That's exactly right. Um, but yeah, actually, like watch the watch all his bats last night in full, and just looks way more confident. I he he's he is one of the five most important people in the organization to me, and I need him to uh, continue doing what he's doing. <laughs> Because I got a left field spot open in that starting next year, and I might need to get him up there. So, uh, oh, buddy, all yeah. right, what's the last thing? Uh, the last thing is I have a bit of a personal dilemma, James. Because oh, yeah, yeah, because uh, I'm stuck between I'm stuck between my Phillies fandom for this one player and my marriage slash family. So, oh, here buddy. is the scenario. Okay. Oh man, this Sunday. Yes. Is Roy Halladay retirement day where yes. they're retiring Roy's jersey. And Doc was my guy. Like Doc was as a as a pitcher that wasn't that good, that was growing up during that time. I wore 34 because of Doc. I in my sophomore year of college, I went the Charlie Morton route and started doing the Doc to try to save my career. Didn't work. Still here. <laughs> um but I did try to try to try to emulate Doc from that sense. Um, didn't work out the same way. And like Doc's my guy. And 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 losing him hurt a lot. And I just want to be there really bad. But on the other hand, is that Jill's sister, who lives in Iowa, Jill's sister, husband, my brother in law, the whole family, right? There are three mm-hmm. kids. They come in once a year and their first day here is August eighth, which is mm. Sunday. 
Mm. And I'm really trying to decide, do I be the good husband versus what I really want to do, which is go see Ray Holiday, you know, retirement day. All right. Uh, how long are they here for? A week. But you got to factor in. I get home at like 730 every night and the kids right, and everyone's right, already right, in bed. Right, 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 right. So, so essentially you have like three days to hang with them, like Saturday exactly. and Sunday, sun Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So you would be giving up one of, of those three days. Now, I would probably be able to get there by six. You know, a, a three-hour game done by four, back at the house by six for dinner. But that, at that point, it's already pretty late. Like, it's a, it's, it's a big dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So, I mean, honestly, the, the number one thing that you have to decide in, you know, above all else is, will Jill be mad at me? Because if Joe's gonna be mad at you, it's just not worth it. I like know. it is the I, game as fun as it would be, all that. I like know. you say, you know what? I went to the Hall of Fame to see him inducted that weekend. I did all this cool stuff. I love Doc. You know, it's okay. I can miss it. But if if Jill really is like, you know what? Oh, my family wants to see you and they only come in once a year, but I know this is important to you. And if you really want to go, you can go kind of thing, you right. know, without so many words, then I think you go. I think it's okay. I honestly think it comes down to Jill. So, I think that's the, the, what matters. So what I'm thinking about doing and what I, what I'm pretty sure I'm going to do is I'm going to, I mean, let's be honest. I'm sure Jill's family will be very happy not to have to see you. No, I but mean, here's right. But here's where I disagree no, with you. Okay. Here's, I'm, kidding, here's, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm it's, kidding. A, it's, a, it's a good jab. But here's where I disagree <laughs> with you. There is no more pressure filled position in the entire family. Like, get grandma and grandpa out of here. That's not that much pressure. Just be nice. I have the pressure of being Funkel. And, like, yeah. when, when the kids are in town, Funkel has to take them off the parents' end so they can go have their fun. You know, I got to gotcha. be the one that entertains them. So yeah. I, I would disagree okay. with you. Okay. So, Could you give them like the whole next weekend? Like so, and just give them all day Saturday, all day Sunday, say, I got you. Here's what I'm thinking. This, but this would really hurt my Phillies fandom slash heart is I go for retirement. I go for the first like three innings oh, leave. and then I leave. Oh man. Which would really hurt. I don't yeah. like leaving games. Yeah, right. I, I think you can. I, I think you can go for a few innings and, and just make the, the main point of going being to see the retirement. You would be going for Doc. That was the whole reason. It's not just, you know, any Phillies game. Like, look, if you, you run the risk of if, you know, it's an epic walk-off win or whatever, being annoyed with yourself for doing it. But at least you were there for the doc part. I think that's okay. If you want, if if that's acceptable and that's a compromise that can be made to make everyone happy, I would do that. I think I'm probably gonna do that. Uh, but you know, we'll 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 see. We'll see. But it's it's something that like ever. So every time they bring it up, you know, they're like, oh, well, Lauren Spencer coming in the <laughs> August eighth. I'm just thinking in my head like, how much can I get away with going to doc day? So. Um, I'm, uh, that's why we're here. That's why I had to bring it up on this podcast and talk to you. Yeah. Tweet at Jack, let him know what he should do. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to go for a couple of innings and then leave. I think that's, hurts. I think it's okay. Yeah. I think it's okay. Yeah. But if you, if people want to rip you for doing it, I also am okay with that. Yeah. You're always down for me to be ripped. Yeah. Whatever works. However it plays out. Yep. That's um, all I've got today. <laughs> James. Three of four, Jack. That's what I have. Not happening. Three of four. Not happening. They have to win three of four 
God, they're so frustrating, Jack. Not happening. How many times did I tell you? They are splitting this series at worst. At best. <sighs> <laughs> he spreads himself. We'll see you later.